Hello and welcome to the Tech Pixie Sparkle and Thrive podcast. This is your host, Joy Foster, and I'm delighted today to be joined by one of our students and alumni, Mel Kant. And this is actually the woman who can. And uh, I love uh, so much uh, that she is part of our community. And I'm really excited to be able to finally tell her story or actually have her tell her story. Um, so Mel, tell us a little bit about you, how you found Tech Pixies uh, and what your experience has been like so far. Okay, cool. Well, yes, I'm very grateful for Tech Pixies, I have to say. I'm a barrister, basically, um, and I work in social housing. So I, I do all aspects of social housing, but the majority of my work is in homelessness and bits and pieces. Um, but during the prior to the lockdown, I've always done face to face training. So I've done it for over 20 years. Um, so I would go into organizations, I would train teams of staff, uh, I would do national courses, etc. Of course, COVID comes gone literally gone overnight and it was a really significant part of my work and probably the bit of work that I love the most if you see what I mean I love going into organizations I love trying to help people to help other people so I had to find a mechanism to try and do something about this um, but my social media skills were beyond rubbish so the first thing that I thought about was right I need to improve my social media skills and I somehow stumbled over tech pixies and it was just well it was revolutionary it was unbelievable made everything so simple and helped me so much with regards to getting over some of the the issues that I have with I can stand up in front of thousands of people and not be bothered in the slightest but this whole business of going live or something such as this 12 months ago this would not be happening uh, I can assure you of that so yeah so I so I stumbled across, I was part of the famous Cohort 21, um, a fantastic, amazing bunch of women. And we, we've traveled through COVID together, um, which has their support, the whole support network was absolutely fantastic. So yeah, it's been a very, very wonderful experience. Well, tell us about the type of people that you work with in particular, though, and who you're really helping. I think that's important for people to understand. No, no, absolutely. So I work predominantly with local authorities and housing providers, social housing providers. So basically in social housing itself. So if somebody is homeless or if someone needs, has a housing need and they need to find somewhere to live, um, then they'll approach local authorities. They'll be housed. Um, or, or they'll be provided with housing advice and that housing will be provided by different types of providers. Now, it's all set in legislation and guidance and obviously vast quantities of case law because it's forever being challenged. Um, so my role is really to the sort of work that I do is to on the front line, make sure that the law is being applied correctly. Um, and so, again, with training is to make sure that the officers who deal with these statutory situations um, know the law and know how to apply the law and, again, are very confident in being able to make what can sometimes be really, really difficult decisions about how we're going to try and assist somebody. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a high-pressured um, area within which to work. Well, and, and I think here's what I want to also talk about is how you, by doing the program, you went on to, you, you started out in the 
what's effectively now our superhero boot camp, and you went into our 90 day transformational program. And uh, one of the things that I want to talk about is how you started to think, okay, I can move my training online. And I want to talk about some of the things that that you started to do and uh, how you were able to start getting your first um, customers on, with online training. So when, when did you start feeling like, oh, actually, I could move my training that I've been doing face-to-face. I can start moving that online, and I'll, I'll start feeling comfortable with it. Yeah, well, it was it was always something that I'd wanted to do, but I never had time to do. Do you know what I mean? It was something that I'd seen. Um, but, of course, once uh, COVID occurred and everything stopped, everyone moved into webinars. And the type of training that I did d- – doesn't really suit webinars as far as I'm concerned. I can talk to somebody and say, this is the law, this is this, this is that, and wake them up an hour later. And that's the end. That's not the type of training that I've ever been known for. And I I couldn't see how this webinar medium, and I've been cruel to book webinars and they definitely have a place, but I couldn't see how that medium would help me. And it was actually by coming on to the um, tech pixies and seeing how that was delivered you know, in such a personable way. And so, but also having all of the information sat in the background. So for me, it was, uh, well, it was, again, it was a revelation. The fact that I could record key pieces of legislation, guidance, and put it in a space where people can keep going back to it, like with TechPixies over a year, you know, people can keep going back to it and keep revising it because people learn in different ways but then have this wonderful sort of interactive hour or two hours a week with people who were doing the training, which is the bounce off the, oh, so I've got this case or I've got this situation or this is occurring. But by doing it that way, it's then shared learning and it benefits everybody. Do you you know what I mean? So, But also without having this provision in the background so people could keep going on going back to it some people will pick it up the first time other people will have to go through it you know six or seven times you know and it's a bit like this there's aspects of this course that I've gone over time and time and time again and it still doesn't go in um it will do eventually but there's other bits that you pick up straight away so that I liked that concept and I have to say that was again another revelation and enabled me to then think about oh how am I going to put that online and I have to say, I've done it in a very similar format to how you've done it. Yeah, and that's working for you. And tell us, tell us what it's like when um, when you actually get that, you get the new idea for what you're going to do, and now you've got the confidence to go live. I mean, that was a huge part of it. I remember the first time you did it, and I, you know, what a big deal that was, and how hard it was. And obviously, we all know. Once you start, once you've done it once and you realize you didn't die, then, you know, doing it a second time or a third time actually gets easier. Uh, and then you start to get really comfortable with it. And, and really, it starts to become you, you don't really think about it as much. And it's just actually about, OK, am I saying what I want to say? Am I getting the message across that I want to get a mess, you know, get across? And a lot of that fear um, it goes away. So I know that you went through that for sure. Uh, and but tell us what it's like to have your first online customer uh that first person who says well i want to pay you for your services and i know you had a rocky rocky start to this because didn't you have a contract that was going to come through and then it fell through 
but what, tell us what it's like to get that very first customer. Oh, it's it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I mean, yes, I did have a very rocky road for a start. Well, not a very rocky road. You know, somebody wanted my product, which was just amazing. And I was absolutely thrilled. Um, but because it's now in a digital online format, the, the area that I worked in before, um, you know, people would you would be charged for the day to go in and do something for a day do you see what I mean and then all of a sudden that charge that I was going to charge them for a day I actually wanted for a person um which sounds as though I was being really greedy and I do have money mindset issues that is you know that's one of those things and I still have money mindset issues but it was something I had to get over because there was so much more involved in this course it wasn't just a face-to-face -face course it was you know and so I had to stand my ground. So I stood my ground and said, well, this is how much the course is. And they said, oh, we've got 60 staff who want to do it, blah, blah. And I was thinking, my goodness, at this rate, I'll be able to retire. I won't have to do any more work this year. This would be amazing. And I'm thinking, I'm sure they've really not clocked the, the price side of things. So I just held back and then literally the Friday before I was going to release the course to them on the Monday, I said, um, OK, so this is where we're at. You've got 40 people who want to do go through this bit, do it level one, which was just the e-learning. You've got 20 who are going to do the one with the mastermind type thing, um, you know, with the live Q&A stuff. So and this will be the price. This is what we've agreed. And on Monday, I'll release the course to you. And they came straight back and went, oh, um, well, actually, we don't think we've got the budget for that. I was like, I knew this was going to happen. I knew that they hadn't thought about it. So I was thought, fine, okay. And then, of course, you go into the whole money mindset thing again of, oh, well, perhaps I should just offer it, uh, you know, to their budget so it so it gets it out there. Do you see what I mean? And then I thought, no, there's no. I have to stand by my guns and I have to, you know, just be strict with myself. So I was. And I said, well, OK, that's fair enough. And I was prepared to walk away from it. And I, I did walk away from it. Um, bearing in mind, this is COVID and I haven't done any face to face training for the best part of a year. And all I've been doing is I've been educating myself, um, you know, and I, I put, went through a lot of training in order to for the social media, to do the course building, to do the, this all fantastically recommended, all brilliant but all coming out of my bank balance. Do you know what I mean? And thinking, and I'm more than happy to invest in my business. Don't get me wrong. So I'm thinking, oh, do I walk away? Do I walk away? Anyway, two weeks later, they came back and said, right, this is the budget we've got. So we've decided that we can actually put 20 members of staff through. And I was thinking, well, that's still an awful lot more than I would have got if I'd have just done a day's training to 20 people. So, and no request to reduce my price no request to reduce my price at all so i went right brilliant fantastic done and then i had the ability to go back and say to them okay so you've got you know 10 members of staff that are going to do the level one you've got 10 members of staff who are going to do the level two with the mastermind because there's 20 of you and because it's for an organization why don't i just say you can all do the mastermind do you know what i mean and then i was able to give something so then that was like a bonus to them uh, and then that made them, you know, really, really happy. Um, and then I delivered the course. And 
isn't it strange how sometimes people just don't come back with feedback and you just you're desperate for some feedback on your first course aren't you and you just go and I felt like I was stalking them at one point because I could just go say I've sent you some feedback forms could you just um just let me know how you know what you thought of it was it any good I, I got the impression that you were enjoying it but could really do with some feedback no feedback no feedback no feedback so oh god this has not gone well because normally they fill the form in while you're there um so anyway finally months after the training the feedback arrived and um i'm very proud to say that um, the feedback was amazing and the needless to say it became a recommendation and the top recommendation on my um, linkedin site so yeah so it all worked i love this and i i it's so important people hear the whole story right the nitty-gritty the back the back behind the scenes story because when someone comes back and they don't want to pay your rate they want to cut their rate you know, and they want to compromise. They want to give it away for free. And uh, I interviewed Gloria recently where she talked about, you know, for three months, she gave her stuff away for free. And when she even charged a one pound 50 donation, people wouldn't even make the donation, you know, and then suddenly she raises the price to, you know, a monthly rate. And then now she has buyers and people are, are signing up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's really about understanding that you are worth it. Like you are worth something and once you work out what you are worth, that you have to believe that you're worth that. And when you believe that you're worth it and you, like you said, stuck to your guns when they 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 said, well, this is our budget. And also the thing is, is like, look, at if you'd compromised on that, A, you would have been serving two to three times more people, right, for less money. And and actually, at, at the end of the day, just by by sticking to your guns and knowing, and knowing what the, your value is, it ended up coming through the way it was supposed to two weeks later because people knew that they needed what you had to offer because you've spent your life making sure you know what you're talking about, making sure you are the expert in your field. And the work that you do really helps people, individual people as they're suffering through homelessness. And it's a major, major contribution. And But you but you do it the right way and you know that you do it the right way because you've invested heavily in yourself. But I love that. And I I just, it's so great to get the story out because people need to hear that story. I mean, look, Angela's uh, with us live right now. And she says, you know, I think I needed to hear this. Thank you. And, and everyone needs to hear this. And I wish I had heard this when I first got into business because I was the person who always you know, discounted, always did stuff for free, you know, never charged. It took me forever to raise my prices, um, you know, and and even when I knew the value was higher, I, you know, hesitated to raise it because I was worried that people wouldn't be able to pay. And, you know, even putting the price on the boot camp, the social media superhero boot camp, it's only 37 pounds, but, you know, it took me three times to finally say, nope, this is what we're charging and you can't get in unless you pay because we know it's worth it. And it's, it's so it's so funny how how we second guess that how we ju- you know how we question ourselves like our value and our worth and and it's so unnecessary because we are worth it and we have to tell ourselves that every day and we have to look at what we've done to get to where we are and the amount we've invested in ourselves you know and that's super super important and I I mean I had a, re- a, a experience recently where you know I. And we're just now getting to the place where the company is starting to be able to run itself and people are doing their jobs. And really, I have some time in my calendar to do some one on one coaching. Um, and 
I'm in a I'm in a, uh, a neuro, neuro coaching certification program. And so we have like a minimum rate that we can't charge below, you know, as part of being in that organization and having had the training that we've had, you know, with someone who's got a Ph.D., et cetera. And it's really interesting because um, I uh, my hourly rate for these for neuro coaching, just a one on one neuro coaching call for 45 minutes is 300 pounds plus that. And, you know, I never in a million years, Mel, would have said, oh, I can charge 300 pounds, right? And it's really interesting because not a lot of people know that I do one-on-one because I don't have a lot of availability. Um, but even, you know, we got an inquiry through email the other day where a student of ours was, who's already in our 90-day transformational program said, you know, I'd like to get some additional coaching. And uh, I know Joy's really busy, but and she probably can't do it. But I'm just, you know, I just would like to reach out. And then I messaged Rebecca and I said, well, I have time for like one spot. And, you know, and, and she took it and she wanted it. And, you know, and she didn't even question it because she knew what she was going to get. And, you know, to be really confident to say, actually, no, you know, I have invested in this training i have very particular special training in this field and i can get someone through a blockage to a breakthrough because i've had that special training and spent hours and hours and hours and hours in that space learning how the brain works and how you know it's just really important to to be comfortable with it and then the crazy thing is is when someone does actually say and validate you by paying for your coaching or by paying for your training or by paying for your product, you go, okay, finally, someone agrees that this is worth it. Right. You know, and usually other people will believe it before you do. But the reality is if you don't believe it, it's very hard to get other people to believe it. And so you do have to do the money mindset work. So, you know, we talk a lot at Tech Pixie about Tech Pixie is about money mindset. I did a whole series on the podcast about earning what you're worth. I just think it's really important for women to start having these conversations because they're not having these conversations. And if you don't have these conversations, how are we going to help women become financially independent? How are we going to help women be able to have their own pensions, be able to have their own savings, be able to have, you know, their own emergency fund? You know, how can we get women to be there if we're not talking about it? So it's really, really, really important with that. Um, and one of the books that I always recommend is Kyle Cease, um, The Illusion of Money, uh, which I absolutely love. Did you get a chance to read that book? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And the other one was The Fear is Not the Boss of You. Oh, so no, but that's that again is another one of those really, really powerful. I've read more books in the past. I'm an incessant reader, historically of fiction. Uh, my husband laughs his head off at the minute because there's always a book. Even he started reading them because I've gone, this is re- you need to read this. This is very important. And it's about your values as well, because, you know, I'm very much and I, I get the impression that you are very much the same as well, that I'm very much a person that gives. I, I'd sooner somebody has a problem solved than them think, oh, you know, oh, God, this is going to cost me thousands of pounds and da 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 because I've never been brought up that way um so and it is very difficult then to step out of that mindset and think well you know yes I'm going I'm making money as a consequence of my course but they're they're buying my ex I've had 25 years experience I've been you know a barrister for 20 years and that's all I've done is social housing it's a huge subject but that's all I've done and so my experience is 
is huge and that's what they're they're paying for and they're also paying for my values as well you know I they're paying for the type of course I'm prepared to to give them and that in that um I'm someone who is fair I'm someone who you know who they can trust I'm someone that I was going to give them confidence because I've experienced the things that they're experiencing the, the confidence issues that they're experiencing do you know what I mean? because I've lived it I've not I've never been homeless and you know anyone who is homeless I have nothing but utter respect for the, the fear that, that, that they must go through do you know what I mean I'm very privileged that I haven't been in that situation, but I'm also in a privileged position to be able to be someone to help somebody under those circumstances. Does that make sense? So people, again, it's also about attracting the right people to you. So again, it's standing your ground and your the ants stuff, the stuff that Teresa does, all the stuff in the strategy modules and bits and pieces, they, they're so helpful. And you do, I have to go back to them. I have to be brutally honest with you. I have to go back to them over and over again, just to reaffirm, I am worth it. I am worth it. And, you know, what I've got to give is that if you don't like this, my style of show, if you don't like me, if you don't like the way, you're not my tribe. Um, that's fair enough. Um, but if you are my tribe, I will give you everything I can. But I've still got to live and I've still got to put food on the table. I've still got a family to feed, you know, that type of thing. I've got to value my worth. I, I'm, I'm worth more than nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what Gloria said. She said, I realized I was basically saying I was worth zero, you know, and I'm, and she knew she was worth, she wasn't, she was worth way more than zero. She was, you know, it's so important. Um, and I think this understanding of finding your tribe is really important because, you know, that's, um, that's something we talk a lot about at Tech Pixies, you know, the Tech Pixies tribe. And we talk about, you know, just, you know, kind of the, the community. It's really, that's what the, that's what the tribe is all about. It's about, your community and it's about being in a community that you um you know that you feel comfortable in that you feel safe in uh you know there's in the neuro coaching side of things that uh the training that i had you know basically people want to feel three things they want to feel safe they want to feel loved and they want to feel worthy and when you feel safe worthy and loved you have a very contented life and you feel uh, able to do the things that you want to do. And most people have an element of that is, that's missing. Uh, and usually it has to do with their childhood, um, you know, just because we don't get a choice as to what family we're born into. We don't get a choice as to what sometimes with the lived experience that we have. We don't have a choice around that. And other people make those choices for us. And so, you know, we have experiences as we grow up that then set the beliefs, you know, in our life. And it, we make decisions out of this place of belief. And really what a belief is, is a thought and an emotion repeated over and over and over again. And so that's why it's really dangerous when a parent says to a child, well, we can't afford that. We can't afford that. We can't afford that. Because that's not actually solving the problem. All that's doing is reinforcing the idea that they can't afford it. And realistically, you can take that same problem and you can just add the word yet to it. And you can say, we can't afford that yet, but I'll figure out a way. Or, you know, we can't afford that yet, but could you think of something you could do to help us to, you know, like my daughter, you know, and you, lo you love horses and everyone knows my daughter, Heidi loves horses. And she, um, 
she doesn't have one. She wants one, but she doesn't have one. But one of the things that I said to her was, you know, if you really want to do this horse thing, well, let's think of a business that we could start that you could then use the revenue from to pay for, you know, the horse thing that you want to do. And it does two things. It challenges them to come up with a way of making money, right? And it also challenges them to say, do I really want this, right? Do I really want this? Because if she really wanted it, she would spend a lot of time on it. And if she didn't really want it, you know, she might not. And so I do think it's really important to um, to be thinking about, you know, how we reframe the conversations we have with the people around us about money, because uh, so, so often we will have the conversation that says, oh, we, you know, we can't do that. We can't afford that. We can't afford that. And it's actually even just saying we can't afford it yet is the opportunity to say, OK, well, what what would we have to do to be able to one day afford that? You know, and what would that mean for our family? How would we be able to how would we be able to do that? And I think it's you know, it's very interesting how people handle that question of of, you know, money and buying things and not buying things. And, you know, and, and also you have to be responsible. Right. There's that element of, well, you know, by not buying it, I'm being responsible. But also, and that's true, by not buying it, maybe you are being responsible, but it also depends on what you're buying, right? And how that enhances your family's life, uh, how it enhances your life. Uh, that also matters a lot. There's so many heavy concepts here. We've really touched the, scratched the surface on them. Um, but um, tell us about what uh, what growing your business now um, is like, what it's like, you know, after you got your first uh, your first customers really what have you been doing to continue to serve uh, the people and nurture the people that are coming on to into your world into your tribe um, how are you taking care of them and 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 will you you know what's your plans for the future well it, it was difficult for me to do, have sort of like a conventional way of bringing people in I, I never sort of had and I still haven't had a conventional what someone would call a launch of the of the courses itself um, because the way people always used to come to me was via my messaging if you see what I mean so I would have gone somewhere else and they would go and say oh you need Mel to come and do some training for you or you need do you see what I mean and I'm in quite a, a, a niche area I mean don't get me wrong there's thousands of housing associations and local authorities but it is I own I'm an English and Welsh lawyer you know what I mean? that's my that's my area so it's, it's it is a very small area in comparison to global which is like you so I found more um traction as such from messaging uh via the different social media platforms and in order to do that I needed to make sure I got good at trying to to use some of those social media platforms um and this is, again, where TechPix has helped me because, like, for example, LinkedIn, which I would say is where the majority of my my business comes from, um, you know, where they are. I've grown my connections on my personal account by I've doubled them in the, in the past year. I mean, don't get me wrong. I haven't got thousands of followers. I, I don't need thousands of followers, but I've doubled them. You know, I created a business page on LinkedIn that now has nearly 100 followers. That's that's a lot. That's a lot for me. If you put 100 um, people in a room, that's a lot of people. Exactly. 
you know, and I, I knew nothing about recommendations or things like that. I'd, so then learning from the course, I went out and asked people for recommendations. Okay, let's talk, wait, people. we got to talk about this, Mel, because you're kind of, this is a big deal. This was one of your wins that you put in the group. So we every, um, every Friday, we do this kind of, you know, wins and self promotions, tell us what you're up to this week, or what you accomplished. So you decided you set a goal what was your goal you were going to ask how many people for recommendations so i asked 25 people for recommendations on linkedin on linkedin yeah and and tell me tell us the results tell us what happened so i now i'm currently sitting at 19 recommendations on my uh, out of 25 that i've requested um and i've the three of the others have, have come back literally in the last week saying we're so sorry we we totally missed this thing so we'll get it sorted and get it over to you and every single one was amazingly positive um yeah i mean and that's again is another thing that's another affirmation you go back and it sounds as though you're you're bigging yourself up but sometimes i have to big myself up in my mind in my head to make me be able to go and ask for the, the levels of, of money that I want for my courses and bits and pieces. But just by having those there and just reading them, I just cried and cried and cried because I couldn't believe people had said these things about me, you know, and it was all super, super positive. And it was amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, 19, 19. Well, and it's all through following the things that I was told to do. So such as, you know, making sure that I messaged people, personal messages, you know, and I, I followed, that's how my I got my connections up because, you know, people who liked my connect, liked my posts or liked um, or who commented on my posts who weren't in my group as such, I would say, oh, thank you very much for liking my post. You know, I too work in social housing or I too work in local government or I too work, I, I just thought it'd be really great to connect. And every time it's like, ping, yep, yeah, that's brilliant. That's another connection. But that's and that might be a new authority or a new housing provider. They will have hundreds and hundreds of members of staff in those organisations. I only need one of them to like me, and I need one of them to go and say, "Oh, did you know she does a course on disrepair? Do you know she does a course on, you know, homelessness? Do you know she does a course on allocations and lettings?" You know, to the right people, and then that potentially is my way in. So I've used that more, I would say, than my. My email list, I have an email list and that has generated work, which is good. But I'm definitely getting a lot more traction on um, social media. I did the same with Facebook. I mean, face, I didn't necessarily think Facebook would be the right place for me, but I've been astounded. Again, created a page, 90 followers, 90 people follow my page. Who knew? You know, because everyone has said, oh, no, everyone will be on uh, LinkedIn or Twitter. I can't. I'm, I'm so sorry, but I can't I can't get on with Twitter. It's just too frenetic. But but actually one of the points of the 90 day transformational program is to go deep onto all the major networks so that you decide what do I like, what don't I like, what works, what don't, what doesn't work. And then you've got the tools to try. And like you said, you got the tools to try. So you go ahead and try it on Facebook and see. And if it doesn't work, you take it off. And if you don't like Twitter, you don't like Twitter. You know, but the point is, is that you've explored and you looked at the different options. And what I love is the, you know, the direct messaging opportunity that you do have with social media, um, the ability to talk to people, the ability to have a conversation. I mean, there's quite a few people that I only talk to uh, on LinkedIn that I don't have emails for and, you know, probably won't ever have emails for. But we have a great conversation on LinkedIn and it works out really well. 
So I, I really find that really interesting. I was I was looking today because I thought, oh, I better, I better, I do do my analytics. That's another thing that I learned as a consequence of this, that I do do my analytics, but I also look, but in the last month, that's generated um, three pieces of work for me, one of which may well be just through messaging via uh, LinkedIn, just by connecting with people, just by asking for things. That has, that has generated three training courses one guy's bought four just e-learning courses from me, so I don't need to go and do anything. I just do that. Um, and then, you know, two other courses and potentially some consultancy work as well because I still work in that sphere too. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's it's a really good space. When you use it properly and you use it how it should be used, which is how we're taught to use it so that it's, you know, it's a kind space. You treat people with respect. Don't get me wrong. There are people out there that, and luckily I've not experienced any of that yet. But, um, you know, I find if I treat people with respect and kindness, they treat me with respect and kindness as well. So, well, yeah. that, that's, I, I agree. And actually one of the things that I've been t teaching a lot is if you, if the narrative you create is positive and encouraging, that's the, the, that's the tribe that you're going to attract. Those are the people that you're going to attract. So it's really important when you're thinking about your messaging to make sure that messaging aligns with the type of person you want. And sometimes if you're, if you're a bit controversial, you're a bit edgy, you're also going to, you're going to attract the bit controversial, bit edgy people. So, you know, you do want to think about how your messaging, um, you know, really attracts the right audience. In fact, uh, the third session in our social media superhero bootcamp is all about market ma magnetism and mailing list magic and combining those two and really understanding how to attract the type of audience that you want to attract, you know, and, and really going from a follower to a community, right? Having, you know, and that, that I think is what's really, really, really important. Um, Amanda's watching live right now and she says, our recommendations like testimonials are asking for feedback and they are like testimonials. So basically what you're doing is you're, you're saying to someone um, in LinkedIn, what you can do is you can ask someone for recommendations. So someone you've worked with in the past, you can ask for a recommendation. And this is really great exercise for people to do and they don't realize why it's important. So if you've been out of the workplace for a while, if you get your LinkedIn profile kind of up to speed and tidy and clean and looking good, I personally think it's a great time to go back to all of your colleagues that you worked with in the past and say, hey, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm like looking for work and I'm in this space and I know we worked together previously. I'm looking to add some recommendations. I'd love to know what you thought it was like working with me. And here's my little trick. I don't know what you do and I'd love to know what you do. My little trick is I'm happy to reciprocate. So if you recommend me, I'm happy to recommend you. And I pick people that I know I would be very happy to recommend. And um, and half the time they don't even come back and ask for a recommendation themselves. Um, but it's really funny because we have some students. In fact, you inspired me, Mel, because I thought, oh, my gosh, I haven't done this recommendation thing in forever. And I thought, if you know, if Mel can, I can. Right. Mel can. Uh, I know your name is Mel can't, but we always tease you and change it to Mel can because you are the one, the woman who can. But, I, you know, for me, it's about like. Um, you know, sometimes I forget I got to do it too. And, and, and actually you're right. It's a huge boost in confidence. And, you know, someone who I respected a lot, who, um, who coached me in the early days of my business, I said, Hey, do you mind putting a recommendation on? And he wrote this like four paragraph thing. And like you said, you read it and you just get really emotional that this person, A, took the time to write what they wrote. And then B, holy cow, what they wrote was so personal and just really 
um, a lot, a huge expression of how they felt about you. So I think that really, really matters. And, and the good, the good thing too, um, you know, for those of you who are listening, if you get these public recommendations, basically you've got social proof. Anyone who can go to your page, they can see these recommendations, just like a Google review or a Facebook review. You can then reuse them and repurpose them all the time because they're out there. They're public knowledge. You don't have to ask for permission. They've already, they've already given you their permission by putting it out there in real life. So, you know, it's something that I think that we've benefited from massively because, um, you know, we've, we've given gifts to people. So if they, you know, we have a Google, uh, my business guide. And if you give us a, uh, a review on Google, we'll give you our Google, my business guide. And, and not everyone does it. We still get recommend, you know, we still get reviews without that, that gift. But if, they know they're going to get something in return, like a reciprocal recommendation or like some kind of a little, you know, guide or handout or whatever. I mean, we do the same thing with the podcast. You know, if people follow or if they if they follow the podcast, if they subscribe to the podcast and they send us a screenshot, we'll send them our podcasting guide. Right. So and that's just an exchange of energy. Right. So you're taking the effort to put something nice about us online. We're going to take the effort to give you a podcast guide that might help you get a podcast up. So it's really interesting how that works and it's worked really, really well for us. But, you know, asking people is very scary until you get that first thing back and you realize that people really, um, really did love working with you. And I love that you did 25. I love that you asked 25 to 30 people um, because not everyone does get back and everyone is quite busy and you had about a 50% return. So, you know, if you want to get five recommendations, then you've got to go ask 10 people for them. And, and I always think uh, it's a good idea to say I'll reciprocate too. So I would say don't be scared to go back to people that you worked with historically, because I went back through my connections from year, you know, from when I first went on LinkedIn years ago when I did nothing with it, really. And I was asking people who I've probably worked with five, ten years ago, um, you know, because they were important to me and it was an important project that I did at the time. And they were the people that came straight back and said, so if someone has been out of work and had a career gap because of children and bits and pieces, you know, just do it because you you really will be surprised. You know, I I was staggered. And sometimes they're the most lovely comments that come back because it then brings all the memories flooding back from the good work that you did or the work that you do. And then it's fresh on your LinkedIn. Then it's fresh on you, on whatever social media platform you're on. And so, like you say, then it's there to be utilised. It's a new start for you, but it's referring back to where you've come from before and where you was, you know, before you had a break for children or because you had a break for illness or because of something else, you know, where you had to have a break for caring for someone or something of that nature. You know, that it's not that it's imposed on you, but that takes you out of the arena. But it doesn't show, it doesn't mean to show that you shouldn't have been in the arena in the first place. It's just you've had a break from the arena and now you're back in it. And look what I was like before. And this is me now. So, you know, yeah, definitely go to people that you've been to before. I would definitely recommend that. Angela says, I haven't touched my LinkedIn account in for years. And that happens a lot. I was myself guilty of that. I was probably one of the very first people to sign up to LinkedIn. I worked in the insurance industry in 2008 and I signed up. And then I literally didn't look at it again uh, until about 2018, right? And that was really when I was starting to um, teach social media. Well, I started teaching, I, I started using social media 
at around the 2008 time, but I wasn't using LinkedIn obviously at the time because it wasn't wasn't a priority for me. I started teaching social media around 2013, and it wasn't until we really um, started teaching LinkedIn in the program, which came you know around 2000. Well, probably around 2015, 16 when we started. But 2018 is like okay, actually, let's really understand how LinkedIn works because it's really important for women to learn how to leverage because that's actually where the jobs are. That's actually where the people who are hiring people are. That's actually where the professional conversations are. So, you know, if you're looking to return to work and you want to work for someone else, you've got to be on LinkedIn. And also there's still a disparity between men and women. There's way more men on LinkedIn than there are women. And uh, so when you are a woman on LinkedIn, you stand out. And, you know, if you've got a a nice profile picture with a smile, it stands out. You know, that's also important. 20 um, picture profile pictures with a smile get looked at 25% more of the time. And, you know, Beth, our, our, um, our coach for LinkedIn, she says, you know, you don't need to go fancy with pictures. Just stand up against a brick wall, stand up against, you know, uh, stand up against a wall, a colored wall in your house, you know, just, just get a picture of yourself. That's, you know, not a holiday snap, right. And use that. And, and, um, and cleaning up your profile doesn't take that much effort. You know, it's making sure that you've got your accurate job title. I think that's one of my bugbears. People aren't um, updating their accurate job title, but also um, making sure you've got a nice kind of summary of what you do and being really clear about what you do and who you do it for. Um, because I think that's really important to, you know, for people to understand who you are and what you do. Um, and then of course, taking advantage of the cover. A lot of people don't realize that with LinkedIn, you have a cover on your personal profile and that says a lot. It's like your posters that, that really tells people who you are and what you do. Um, one thing I meant to talk to you about with, uh, cause I know you went into online, uh, training, online coaching, online courses, and that's what you're, you know, really focused on at the moment. Um, but one of the things that you, you did struggle with, and, and I want to talk to, to you about this because I think there, there might be other people who feel the same way. You were actually training before for another organization and then you went out on your own. So there was also this element of what can I do? What can't I do? Like, am I actually allowed to go and teach this stuff? Cause I'm not doing, you know, working for somebody else anymore. How did you navigate that? Well, it, in some respects, it became easier to me because um, when I was obviously I was training, doing face to face training for these. Uh, these are the platforms, you know, these are the training companies. And when COVID happened and the face to face training went, they said, oh, well, you can deliver the training by webinar. And they still week after week after week say to me, we've got lots of clients who want you to deliver it by webinar. So I basically said, no. I don't want to deliver it by webinar. Um, I did do it a couple of times because they were customers who had contacted me directly. And because they were historic customers through these uh, providers, I obviously said, I will do it via them on this occasion. Do you see what I mean? But I'm moving away from that. Um, so, and I said, my product is completely different to what I did for you before. So and to be fair to them, they, they've they've fully embraced it and accepted it. Um, the CEO and, and the, the, you know, the directors of the organization are, are her connections on LinkedIn. <laughs> you know, they're following what I'm doing. I, I do different because the digital online course is different to what they deliver. Um, then that's fine. And I've said if it reverts back to face to face training and, you know, pre-existing clients want me to, to go and do work, that's fine. But again, that's put me in a much stronger position because um, I never felt like I was in a position before. People always used to say to me, 
you know, oh, the ceiling on the market is this and the ceiling on the market is that. And you'll only get this per day and you'll only get that per day. And, you know, and then I'd be going to places and going to a conference to talk at a conference, for example. And somebody else would be getting astronomical amounts of money. And I'd be going, wait a minute, is there some sort of ceiling on this? You know, and but now, again, that's helped me put me in the driving seat of the case of, well, actually, I think I am worth a bit more than that. So, you know, I'm happy to do that side of work and go back to the face to face training side of things, but not until, you know, but it will be on my terms. And to be fair, so far, they've been absolutely fine with regards to that. I've had a couple of people who've wanted to do collaborations with me um, and they've and I've said, well, my fee will be this. Uh, and they've gone, oh, well, I don't know whether the market's ready for that. And I've said, well that's how much it's going to be so you know when the, when the market is ready for it they'll know where to find me well I mean and that's another thing I mean that's really important and it's something that I still struggle with and I'm struggling with today is that because of COVID there is quite a a large influx of training going on to the market and there's an awful lot of free stuff there's an awful lot of um low priced stuff for example um, in my in my line of work, there there is. And, you know, some of it, the free stuff is is fantastic stuff, but it, it's not a training as such. It's just talking through different cases and bits and pieces. That's how it should be perceived. Um, whereas this is a completely different thing. And that's that's where I am having a, a sticking issue at the moment. And I'm sort of focusing my training efforts around messaging to try and get the message out there that this is this solution is completely different to anything you know if if your training budget and i'm in a market where training isn't as they say oh yes we train all of our staff and blah 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 but they probably allocate 100 pounds a year to their to an individual member of staff for a training budget well where what's that going to give you i'm not being funny it might give you a bit of health and safety training it's certainly not going to give you that so they've got to rethink how they're going to to do that as well. So I have to get the messaging right. I have to get the solution out. If I just email around saying, here is my cause, and it's going to be a thousand pounds per person, and they just they're all just going to go, yep, <laughs> bin, 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 because they won't look into it any further than that. Well, so, that's it. It's about educating your potential customer at the value of, yeah, you know, and there are lots of free things out there, and there are lots of low-cost things out there. But actually, if you want to go deeper and you want to go really deep and you want to go, you know, you want to know this strategy to solving this problem, I've got that and the experience and I'm the right person. You know, one of my mentors always says, you know, the person who starts reading your sales page is fundamentally different than the person that finishes reading your sales page. And, you know, that's why. You, that's why you know you don't just start with the price you start with the story you start with the the solution you start with you know how your solution is a unique solution to that problem uh, because of your years of experience etc and really you know it's a little bit like we we did on a hot seat we were talking about you know what is if you're in the travel industry what are you selling you know and and it's like well we're selling trips well no you're not selling trips what are you selling you're selling memories right which and memories are not there you know like it's the mastercard commercial right the, they're they're priceless memories so you're not selling anything you're creating 
uh, memories or creating opportunities for families to, to experience something together that they'll talk about for generations to come and years to come. And so I find it's really interesting. People have to really change their narrative and their story when they're talking about sales and really understand that sales is serving and that the, the service that you offer that, you know, to the world, especially those services, which are really high touch, um, high, you know, high intensity, making sure they really cross the finish line. Cause there's a lot of programs out there and a lot of training out there that will get you started, but they won't hold your hand all the way. They won't get you all the way to the finish line. And we want to see you get to the finish line. That's so, so important. And, and I just don't see enough programs out there doing enough to get people all the way to the promised land, you know, what they say that you can do and, and really making sure that you've got all the support to do that. So I think that's really important. Um, someone who's watching now, Louise, she says, um, I had my own business offering communications training and I never even thought of trying to do it online. And this is, this is exactly why I wanted to bring you into uh, the podcast onto the podcast, because I wanted, you know, we have so many different people who do so many different things and getting clarity on what you want to do uh, is sometimes hard. And, you know, I think COVID changed a lot of things for a lot of people and people who have been able to see it with a different light and pivot their businesses they are the ones that are still going. And I think it's really important that people say they see a problem and they think, OK, how am I going to get over that problem, around that problem, through that problem? You know, and uh, and what I love about you is that you, um, you know, for you, you clarity for you was all about going down the route of training. You were good at it. You've done it for a long time and it was finding your own way to get it online and do that. And, you know, for Gloria, for example, it was recognizing that she can't do face-to-face -face fitness, but she can do online fitness. And then suddenly she can have customers all over the country that she could never have in real life in one room, in one place, you know? And so that's changed the game for her as well. And I think it's just about getting confident about your pricing and getting confident about who you want to be working with. And then, like you said, educating them on why it's important to invest in you and uh, versus, you know, doing a bunch of other free things or a bunch of other low cost things, you know, why, why it's worth paying for the additional expertise they get when you work when they work with you. Um, we've covered a lot of ground in this podcast. Uh, thank you, Mel. I really appreciate you coming on and I hope you inspired a few people who um, are thinking about, you know, their futures right now and trying to decide what do I want to do um, and and just giving an opportunity to talk about one of the things you can do when you upskill with social media and you get your confidence with it that you can go out and, and launch an online program, an online course or an online coaching or an online training. And you definitely have been able to do that. Um, what would you say to anyone who's kind of, you know, going through the superhero boot camp uh, and is thinking, oh, you know, should I join the 90 Day Transformational Program or not? We haven't even opened the doors yet, but we've got people emailing us asking how they can join. Um, but what was, you know, what would you say to that? How how would you respond? Well, it's strange because I can, well, when I first looked at it, I thought to myself, hmm, I don't know whether this is for me because obviously I'm coming from a corporate background, um, you know, so I, I work in the corporate world and, you know, there are lots, loads of creatives and people. But the thing about Technics is, is that it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. Everyone will have a different journey, but everybody is together and everybody 
um, goes through it together. There's so much about mindset, which is so important, not just about the social media, learning to use the platforms. Again, really, really important. But I love the fact that there's so the same amount of focus on individual platforms. So, you know, for creative people, you know, it might be Instagram or, you know, Facebook. For me, it's more LinkedIn and possibly Twitter, but we don't get on with Twitter. But but, do you, yes. do you, but it doesn't mean to say I won't get on with it yet. You know, just don't get on with it yet. I, I haven't tried it. Today, I've been listening to Pip and I listen to Pip every time she does it about Pinterest. I love the idea of Pinterest. I love it. And, I, and you think to yourself, well, how can I work this? How can I work that? How can, again, that might be a platform that I kind of. But again, it's all of that. Um, it's so inclusive. There is no sort of, oh, well, you should go down. You should be on LinkedIn. You should be this. You should be that because you fit into that category. There is no categories. Everybody is the same. Everybody doesn't matter what we're doing, but we're all women together. We're all learning together. We're all supporting each other. We've all got, might have the same issues, but we've all got similar reasons for being there um, because we want to upskill, but because we might want to return to work. For me, I wanted to start my business you know, yes, I've been training, but for other people for many years. So I wanted my own business. I wanted to stand up on my own two feet. There's lots of women in there for that, for all different reasons. And it's a very supportive environment for anyone who's sitting on the fence. Um, please don't sit on the fence. I'm so pleased I got off the fence. And it took a lot of bravery to get off the fence. So I'll be the first to, to admit that. It had a very big pair of brave pants because of the whole thing of you know, you're putting yourself out there. I, You know, you put me in a courtroom in front of a, a bunch of appeal judges. It's not an issue. <laughs> you know, that's what I do. You put me in a room and say, oh, go live with these, you know, and you're like, really? No, no, you know, but everyone's there. Everyone's supportive. I've never, everyone has always been so supportive. And if the slightest question you know, you can put in the group saying, all right, okay, I'm feeling really thick now because I can't remember what I do with this or how do I sort that out and what do I do with this? And somebody's instantly there going, it's fine, Mel, you just need to do this, this and this, you know. And there's just those nice touch points as well. It's a very supportive environment. Please, yeah, I would never sit on the fence. But it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, I'm so pleased I've done it. And, yeah, I can't say that anyone's going to employ me as a social media manager anytime soon. But, you know, I have, but I have worked my way through all of all of the, the modules. I've got all of my certificates. I feel very competent in most of the platforms, but I feel competent in them. So then I feel confident. So now I use them. Whereas this time last year, was I using LinkedIn? No. Facebook, I was just going for a walk and whacking a picture on going, been for a walk today, been on holidays today. I'm not saying I don't do that still on my, but I found a way to be able to use that for my business, for me to be able to get a voice out there. Wouldn't have used it for that. Never in a million years. Instagram. Instagram wasn't even on Instagram when I joined Tech Pixies. I was like, no, this is not for me. My son would keep saying to me, you want to be on Instagram? Well, no, no, no. It's far too frenetic. Can't cope with that. Um, you know, it's all about pictures. I don't do pictures. I'm on Instagram. I joined Instagram. So, you know, but you don't have to do these things. That's the other thing as well. There's no pressure. There's no pressure. You do what you want to do and you do it how you want to do it. Um, but it's all there if you if you need it. All the resources are there. And it's very much an, a finished line course. It's not a pop you in and leave you there. And I've done quite a few of those where I'm surrounded by huge amounts of information and going, how do I get through all this? What do I do with all this? 
um, and no end solution. That's that's not the tech pixie way. That finishing part is so, so important. We want you to get to the finish line. Um, it looks like there's a couple people. Angela says she's leaping off the fence. <laughs> Louise says, I'm just getting off the fence now. Thank you. You've sold it. No, and I and I wanted Mel to come in, you know, because we haven't even opened the doors for the, the 90 day transformational program. But I wanted a couple I wanted to spend some time with a couple um, of our amazing alumni just to show you that one year ago she was not using LinkedIn and now she's got business from LinkedIn. She's got 15 recommendations that validate her to the public world. She already knew she was validated, but those recommendations gave her that public, not even approval, but just confirmation of who you are and what you do and that you can do it, you know, and, and that's why I call you Mel can, even though you're Mel can't, but we, um, we adore you, Mel. Thank you so much for your time today. And, uh, I really appreciate, um, your inspirational story. And I know you, when this goes on the podcast, I know one of the best parts about the podcast is sometimes this is how people get to know each other on a deeper level because they get to hear their fellow tech pixies tell their story. And, you know, there's always a lot of, um, uh, a powerful connection that comes from there. And of course we've had more than one tech pixie who's come back from homelessness and your wise words and love, um, have been really supportive. Uh, you know, particularly some of our tech pixies who've come into the program off of scholarships, um, you know, who are in universal credit or PIP or ESA, they, that extra support and just knowing there's someone in the community that knows how, you know, how to support them. And it's, and it's, it's not, you know, that's not a service we provide, but it's the fact that you're in the community and you're open about what you do and people are open about their experiences. And then it creates these beautiful environments where people can be vulnerable and open and share and they know they're safe. And this goes back to people want to feel love. They want to feel safe and they want to feel worthy. And when you can feel all three of those, then you have that completeness and that wholeness. And that's really what it's all about is, is getting people to that place in life. No, definitely. And well, I found people in the tech pixie space who have just literally assisted me so much in confidence, in uh, awareness, in knowledge of things that I've got no hope of, uh, would never have, wouldn't even known where to start looking. I know we have Google and everything else, but no wouldn't have known where to start looking so yeah it's a, definitely a two-way street um and that's what makes it a nice space that is what makes it a nice space and it's a space that uh, you know i'm more than happy to continue to be in for for this foreseeable future because it's you know with you know obviously you've got your course but with progression and bits and pieces like that there you don't just leave people at the end of it. There are alternatives for people to carry on in that space as well. And I've made some friendships within Tech Pixies that, you know, I've never met the person. I can't wait to meet them physically and give them the biggest hug ever. Um, there's a lot of people like that um, who I've met in this process. And, you know, how on earth that, that facilitates itself virtually. 12 months ago, I'd have gone, whatever. Yeah. Now it is so, uh, so very. Gosh, you're giving me tears because I'm thinking about like, can I imagine being in a room with everyone? I would have like 600 hugs. It would just be exactly. so amazing. <laughs> oh, gosh. One day, Joy. One day. We'll One, day. Um, One day. I know, but I'm going to be a total mess that day. I'll be like, um, Louise is trying to sign up. Louise, you can't sign up yet. We haven't even opened the doors. I just wanted to bring a couple people on to talk about their experiences to inspire you. So yeah, we run the 90 day program, uh, 
we open it about three or four times a year. And so um, we're, we're experimenting with different ways of bringing people into the program. But at the moment, you can only get in through the Social Media Superhero Boot Camp. So you have to do the boot camp first. Because really what we've learned is the boot camp helps people to decide, do they like us? Do we like them? Do they good fit? You know, do they, you know, do they... I, do they like our style of teaching? Do, you know, and that's also really important too, um, because you don't want to, and also it's a great chance to just taste, taste what you're learning and see if you want to go further. I was just going to say, when I, when I joined, the first session was all about mindset, which absolutely blew me away was sort of, okay, this is not, this is supposed to be about social media. And then when I sat back and thought, this is so important, this is wow yeah this this is right this fits you know I could have said oh here's an Instagram class or here's a this that. no it was um yeah you mindset's huge in all of this and remaining confident for using social media social media is they're big platforms and they're you know they're not something to be taken on lightly and mindset's a huge thing as part of that I think personally but I always find it interesting like the people who right after the first session go this is not for me it's it's usually because the mindset, you know, because we start with mindset instead of starting with social media. And I think what people have, once they start working with us, they learn is you could know all the social media skills in the world. Like you could know how to do absolutely anything and everything in social media. But if you don't have the mindset work done, right, to charge what you need to charge to, um, you know, to post that you're offering something for sale. If you don't, to ask for a recommendation, if you don't have the confidence to do those things, it doesn't actually matter what skills you have, right? And that's that's the bottom line. So, well, Mel, thank you, thank you, thank you for your time. And thank you for uh, sharing your story. I know it was inspirational. Uh, some people have already said that, you know, it was like talking to themselves. They could hear themselves in your voice. Uh, and that's so important. So I really appreciate it. No, thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll speak later. Thanks again, Mel. Take care. Bye. Bye.